Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I have had the privilege of meeting people from all over the world. And the question that comes up more than any other is why do I do what I do? Why do I hunt? I spent the last year searching for that answer. I hunt for food. I hunt for perspective. I hunt for a deeper connection with nature. I hunt for the limitations of my body and my mind. I hunt for adventure. you hunting for and that is a great question what are you hunting for from our friend greg ritz from Huntmasters? uh greg has been in the industry a very long time and uh if you have not heard of greg you honestly are missing out a lot because he's been on the outdoor channel for a long time and uh, Huntmasters is something that uh, it's just been around for so long now and making such great quality uh, video and media. We've seen Greg on all sorts of things in the industry. Uh, he owns Wildcom, so it's another great company. He started handles media and marketing and business for the outdoor industry. But before we do that, I just want to say thanks to our sponsors at the Bowhunter Planet Podcast, Dead Down Wind, Tinks, Skull Hooker, and Stealth Cam. Thank you guys so much for your, for your support of the BHP Podcast. And uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get Greg on the line right now. All right, so warm welcome to Greg Ritz. Greg, how are you, man? Fantastic. How are you guys doing today? Excellent. Thanks for joining us on the show. We appreciate it. And uh, so, hey, tell us about Huntmasters and kind of how it became and, you know, how you started it and all that good stuff. Hard to believe. Um, I think if I added it up, I'm in my 21st year of television. <sighs> So now, wow. now kudos to you guys because you've been doing you've been doing this for uh, ten plus years. Yeah, so uh, there. Uh, yeah, you guys know what it takes to uh, <laughs> yeah. stay in the business. But uh, you know, when I was at Thompson Center, you know, we started uh, a television show originally called Thompson Center Outdoor Adventures, which became Game Trails, which then over the years has morphed into Hunt Masters. And uh, it's been a great ride, guys. I've been all over the world. I've killed some amazing animals, met some amazing people. And, uh, and of course, you know, my passion with the, uh, with the whitetails in a North American game, man, it, I'm, still, I'm still dying to get back out in the field every year. 
<laughs> so when you guys film for a show like that, uh, how many episodes per year will air on the Outdoor Channel? And then from that point, I guess, how many do you have to film in total? Yeah, so we'll have 20 episode, new episodes air wow. or, or different episodes a year, which is challenging, right? You think of how many days it takes that you got to be on the road. I'm on the road almost 200 days a year. That's insane. Wow. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of the norm for you guys, though, because, you know, we'll talk to a couple of the guys from Realtree and, uh, you know, this is the same thing. You know, they're on the road so they're much per year. And I think it, I think it's important to, to talk about it because people don't realize the work it takes mm-hmm. to be a part of the television portion of the outdoor industry. If you're going to film and you want to have a great content and you want to be a part of that. It takes a lot of work. You got to put the time in. <laughs> it's not you like put a, the time in. <laughs> it's not well, like you, a simple thing. No, and, and we we figure we average maybe ten to twelve days per episode in the field. Now, mm-hmm. when we edit a show, it takes three weeks to put together one episode. Wow! <laughs> By the wow. time it, it, so it's, it's two weeks of edit, then one week of color correction, sound wow. design, wow. sweetening. So you know, we got a team of people, guys, and I got to give them the credit, man. It, it takes a, a team of guys to live in the field with me that that don't get burned out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, they they produce the product. I, I'm just I'm just a trigger <laughs> man. <laughs> probably wasn't always that way, though, huh? You probably in the beginning oh, you no. had to do a lot of that work yourself. Well, and I I know how to run a camera in, in a pinch, but uh, I mean, hey, I just got <laughs> back from uh, Argentina here a couple of days wow, ago. Nice. One, of my, one of my bucket list hunts. Um, was was going to Argentina and just shoot a volume of doves. I mean, I grew up shooting a lot of trap and ski. Most mm-hmm. people don't know my background. I spent uh, two summers at the Olympic Training Center as an international trap shooter. Wow. And, nice. uh, you know, but then my passion was big game, but I always loved pull the trigger. And I'm like, you know what? group of guys wanted to go down and uh, i mean i shot three thousand rounds in, in two and a half days. <laughs> oh, man. That's my that's my goal is to get down there and duck hunt. Oh, um, yeah, it's phenomenal. And I for heard sure. it's some of the best in the world. That is all, funny. all you want to pull the trigger. <laughs> that is too funny. So uh, as far as, um, I guess let's talk about your background a little, real quick, Greg. I know you you were, I, I'm pretty sure, born and raised in Maryland. Is that correct? I was yeah, born and raised in Maryland. I uh, went to college in Ohio, which was fantastic from a deer hunting perspective. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, we, we all, because you got to remember, I'm, you know, I'm going to college, you know, in the late eighties, you know, early nineties. So, you know, nobody really was focusing on big whitetails then. So you could knock on a farmer's door. We had some family land there and that's to be honest with you where I got introduced to crossbow hunting ah. because if, if you guys, uh, you know, know your history back in like, I think it's 76, somewhere around there, Ohio was the first state to legalize mm-hmm. the use of a crossbow ah. during the general bow season. So, you know, I'm going to school, you know, I'm getting up early duck hunting in the morning, trying to go to 10 o'clock classes. And I didn't have a lot of time to shoot my bow. So I just picked up a crossbow and, uh, you know, and, and just fell in love with it, you know, you know, since then. I didn't realize that was the rule. Now, now it makes sense to me. Now it's all starting to like come together about <laughs> the brands they are and where they're at and all that. And yep. to right now it's starting to fully come together in my mind. So that was, that was a good learning exercise right yeah. there. Um, so in uh, Maryland, I was actually in Maryland uh, a couple times now, but uh, we have some family there and I actually went off the beaten path. Uh, it was during the summer, but I wanted to see the back country of Maryland and it was absolutely beautiful. 
Um, it, it was, it was cool. It was like a little bit rugged, but also had like some ravines and some, mm-hmm. yeah. it was a little more hilly than I thought it'd be. And it was, it was awesome. So do you do a lot? Do you ever go back and do a lot of hunting there or not really? You know, I haven't been back in a few years, but you're right. I mean, Maryland is a Mecca for all things hunting. If you could mm-hmm. carve out Washington DC and transplant that into, <laughs> you know, it would be an, it would be an amazing state to, to live in, you know, but so you have Western Maryland, Garrett County, right, which I've spent a lot of time hunting there, uh, which borders like West Virginia, Pennsylvania, big mountains, guys, mm-hmm. like serious mountain hunting, not a ton of whitetails, but you get into black bears, but a guy who wants to strap on a backpack, there's great public land hunting there. And then you go to the eastern shore of Maryland, right, and you have all the waterfowl hunting. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with this, you can hunt sick deer. Oh, in Maryland, oh. in the Eastern Shore, and they are wow. wild. So in, in 1922, they had seven animals, seven sick deer imported from Japan, and they put them on James Island. They swam off the island. <laughs> and uh, and they, they since now have populated three counties on the Eastern Shore. So when you buy your license, you can kill two sick deer and two whitetails on a general license. Wow. And these, cool. these are wild animals, but you got to hunt them in the swamp. That's and uh, so that's that's what I grew up doing. Wow, that is really cool. So uh, let's talk a little bit about um, uh, Wildcom. So tell us about that. I know it's a, it's a business you have that it you know basically takes care of outdoor media. But let us, I guess, let's the listener understand that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So when I left Thompson Center, um, and actually at that point Thompson Center um, was uh, purchased by Smith and Wesson, and uh, so I went from being CEO and president of Thompson Center, and I was also president of Smith & Wesson Long Guns, right? Hmm. So all their hunting rifles are shotguns, and then I was there during the introduction of their MP 15 platform. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, you know what? I want to get back to what I really enjoy, so I founded Wildcom, which is an outdoor marketing and media company. So we do everything from representing television shows, some of the best in the industry, like Whitetail Freaks or Lee and Tiffany the Crush, uh, I was blessed to be a part of the launch of Bone Collector with Michael Waddell. Mm-hmm. You know what that music means. I sure do, Tim. I think it means it's sponsor time. It is sponsor time. And we want to give a special thanks to those that support the Bowhunter Planet podcast. Special thanks to Skullhooker and Stealth Cam. I also want to give a shout out to the new podcast, the Fred Bear Field Notes. Uh, this is a great podcast, guys, that if you haven't listened to it yet, this is your chance to learn about Fred Bear, his amazing adventures, and how a man who picked up his first bow at 29 built a legacy from that point on. It's actually pretty incredible. It is actually really incredible. They just ended season one, and you can binge on all eight episodes. You can go to iTunes, wherever you find your podcast, or go to beararchery.com slash field notes. Nice. And uh, so we represent 14 shows in the industry. We do the sales, marketing, branding, production. We really operate as a you know business what that manager. Music means. We I also sure do, do a Tim. lot of I think it means it's sponsored. For other companies in the industry, whether they're commercials, product videos, trade show booths. So we we interface, guys, with over 300 companies wow. in our space. Super cool. Oh, that's a lot of work. <laughs> that's a lot of work. But it's, it's, all, it's all about having a great team, guys. Yeah. Right? You have a great team. They do great things. I love it because I sit kind of in the middle of everything in our industry 
gun and bow related. Mm-hmm. See that? You see that? So everybody, you might be thinking, oh, Greg Ritz just does that hunting show, right? And no, no what you don't know is he's working. He's, not, he's got a lot <laughs> of work of going iceberg. on here. There's a lot of, honestly, I didn't know all that stuff. I knew some of it, but not all of it. So that's really interesting. So that's cool. you must be a very busy man. I will say that. Uh, I am, but again, I give all the I give all the credit to my team. You know, I try to try to give them uh, some good leadership, and and I love to think like big picture, creative. Mm -hmm. I like to do consulting for companies to help move the needle. You know, I Mm -hmm. I can say personally, I'm proud of my accomplishments on the sport of muzzleloading, on the sport of crossbow hunting, as far as introducing new people to a sport Mm -hmm. and bringing more people into uh, into these alternative sports, which just create more participation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think the crossbow things come such a long way. I mean, even since we started here, uh, 10 years ago, it wasn't even as big as obviously today. And there was a big rush at one point, obviously when all the company, it Mm -hmm. became legal everywhere. The, I think the amount of money, the amount of influx and crossbow companies that hit the market so fast was a great thing for business, uh, for these companies to actually finally start making a decent amount of money coming, flowing in from these crossbows. And then I think it did the opposite for some of the companies who didn't have crossbows that put them in a position where, oh my God, do we, do we keep up? (laughs) Do we catch up? Do we, you know, I think there's a lot of big decisions that were made quickly and some companies made them and failed miserably. Other companies made them and made money. I'm sure of it. Um, but it was, it was, I mean, those, these last, what, five years have been craziness yeah. with crossbow. Just absolutely. Are, are you uh, surprised by what you're seeing now with the crossbows compared to when you no. started? Or you so, knew it so, this way? You know, it's interesting. I had a meeting with Matt McPherson, who is the owner and founder of, of Matthew's Archery, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a decade ago, guys. And I predicted at this time, right? And they were not into crossbows. Okay. They had, they were just producing vertical bows. And I said, Matt, and we were good friends. We've been friends for a lot of years. And I said, you have to pay attention to crossbows. Mm-hmm. I said, it will become 50% of the bow sales, yep. 50% of the participation in, in, down. In, in, the, in the bow hunting states, right? And he said, there's no way, Greg. Never happened. And uh, so now, obviously, they have mission crossbows. They have a line dedicated to crossbows. And, uh, and guys, if you ask any retailer out there, right, it is 50% of their sales now. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's crazy. You guys something to say, Bob? It, it, do you think it even t- took off bigger and then compound bows did when compounds came into existence when people quicker. were just doing traditional? Quicker. And, I, and I'll tell you why. Because crossbows for the gun hunter had ne- didn't have an opportunity in most states to hunt in the rut, mm-hmm. right? Because most of your, your gun season, firearm seasons are outside of the rut or on the tail end of the rut. Mm-hmm. But a guy could pick up a crossbow and in one afternoon become proficient at using that crossbow and killing an animal out to 30 yards. Mm-hmm. Right. So whereas bow hunting, as you guys know, which I, I love the challenge of bow hunting, right? I like getting close. I love the technical nature, but it takes practice. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 it's a slower evolution getting people into the vertical bow market because it requires a skill set. Crossbow doesn't require the skill set right, to shoot. Right. You can pick it up. Once you get it zeroed in, you're there. Yeah, and the same way with women and kids, right? Which is part of it. <laughs> yeah, once you get it zeroed in, it's there. It's there. So, Greg, uh, you know, speaking of crossbows and obviously your uh, the mission stuff in, in uh, Matthews, um, Unbelievable that bow, isn't it? The sub one, unbelievable. It's incredible. Yeah, sub one. That incredible. bow blew us all away here when it came here, and we 
just couldn't believe the uh, the ability to decock it the way you could and mm-hmm. how smooth and quiet that bow was. And it, it made me think like, it makes sense to me. Like if, if a compound bow company like Matthew says, you know what, let's take these cams, let's take these limbs, let's just flip it. And, and, it, and then it kind of dawned on me, like, this is what they should all be doing. Yeah. This is like the common right. sense mm-hmm. thing. Take your best technology, put it on a crossbow and let this thing fling, dude. Like it's that simple. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, wow. That and one, of, one of the big things for me was being a, a, a proficient rifle shooter. The mm-hmm. trigger on that sub one was, oh, was the trigger, yeah. great A, man. That was, that. that made it. Well, it, it's in, you know, I was part of that prod project from the inception. So I got to see the engineers and Matt whiteboard what they wanted. And, and Matt's vision for this was I want the, easiest bow to shoot cock tune handle in the marketplace and they literally broke everything down right from the sync x cams that never come out of time he's he's like hey a gun hunter doesn't want to to really understand the sport of archery they just want to fling an arrow right 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 so okay we do this we want the bow to be fast 350 now it's 380 feet per second Mm -hmm. for this year's model on the sub one and but the trigger system is where they spent the most time. Yeah, you know, gun guys want a good trigger because good triggers deliver great accuracy. Correct. And 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 they just they nailed it on on all accounts, guys. And and now, I mean, people are killing animals, you know, at, at twice the range now mm-hmm. of a vertical bow, um, not because it's more efficient; it's just more accurate. Right. Yeah. Right. And the first time In I shot hand, it, I I thought to myself, I thought this. This trigger system's on some of my better rifles where I've replaced the trigger. And it's it, it's just yeah, phenomenal. Crazy. Yeah, this thing. And the other thing I think it's interesting real quick on the mission thing before we get off this subject. But one thing that's interesting to me is the price point. So they're not definitely not the cheapest by any means. But the thing is, is that people nowadays are spending this kind of money on cross, crossbows. I mean, we've seen it with Raven. We've seen it with other brands. Yeah. They're spending. They're going into a field and stream and saying... Here's fifteen hundred bucks. Give me the best now. If you but if you if you put that money against a gun, right. it's actually yeah. similar, you're, Bob. You're right? Be, you're I mean, be spending precision that rifle, plus, a Benelli, a Beretta, anything. you know, something that's Winchester, you know, anything. The Franchis. If you're going to get into rifles and stuff, you're spending two, three thousand dollars on them. So yeah. So anyway, <laughs> hats off to Mission and Matthews, those guys, and and Greg. Great job. Working with them on that because I'm telling you, man, that bow is sick. Yeah, <laughs> it really, it really, you know, they've done a great job with that and keeping it, you know, realistic and you know, amazing and great, great product. So, anyway, so uh, moving on real quick, uh, tell us real quick about um, your scariest moment because obviously you've done a lot of amazing hunting and I've been looking through some of the videos and some of the. Uh, scenery and the things you've been into are pretty intense. So I guess, can you tell us a little bit about a moment that maybe was a little too hairy that you got nervous and maybe you're thinking, I might not actually come out of this type thing. Well, it, it's it's funny. We can we can break that into a couple pieces, right? We could say scariest from an animal perspective or scariest from being True. in a Nature. foreign foreign ooh, country. Ooh, another you know, one. And, uh, and, and, uh, and having a situation. I mean, I like to push the envelope, guys. I mean, I, I want to go places that are that are off the grid and experience some things that are unique. I mean, I remember being on in Azerbaijan on literally on the mountaintop that divided Azerbaijan to Russia. 
Wow. Okay. And Azerbaijan used to, used to be part of Russia at one time. And um, we come back off the mountain, you know, from a day of hunting. And remember, guys, we're 16,000 feet. We're in nosebleed Jeez. section. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and we, it's just, it's a, it was a crazy cool hunt, but there's, there's a, there's a helicopter sitting in camp, a Russian helicopter. And, uh, and so we come up and of course I don't understand Russia, but our, our translator says, you know, you have a device here that is transmitting a signal and (laughs) (laughs) right. You're in international space. And I'm like, I'm trying to think it's like, man, I haven't made any. I haven't made any sat phone call. I'm like, oh crap, it's my inReach. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's tracking where I'm at and it's sending the information home. And I'm obviously dialoguing, texting with my family. And um, and they said, listen, if they receive one more transmission, you're going to jail. How far oh. were you from Siberia? Oh. And I'm like, I'm like, what? They're like, yes, you are in our international space. And it is illegal to have a device that that communicates oh, with anybody. Wow. And uh, and I'm like, turn it John. off. Turn it off. <laughs> they're just right. look. They're just itching for an, a reason to put you in jail it, there forever. It, 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 exactly. So that was kind of scary because that's a real. I mean, that's a real life deal. I mean, and I mean, I've had. What year you know, was this? Uh, that was about five or six wow. years oh, ago. Oh, yeah, you were done, dude. Obama would have left <laughs> yeah. you. you. Oh, <laughs> You had no chance. You had no chance. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hunter, you stuck in there. Yeah. Whatever, he's good. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah you, you wouldn't have seen, we wouldn't have been having this conversation. You would have had that, but. you would have had that Matt McPherson himself go there with bows and give him to Putin and be like, oh, please let my friend go check out yeah. this new bow. You see Putin shooting a bow. <laughs> Just to get you out. Oh, God. Don't worry, Greg, we would have came for you. We would have came. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We would have brought some American beers to let you go. uh, (laughs) What about the animal experience? Well, I would say one of the dumbest things that I've done from an animal experience was I was in Australia. We were hunting water buffalo, and we were right on the edge of of the timber to, to the swamps, right? And these buffalo, they like to lay up in the timber, get out of the sun, but then they would go, roll in the mud, go out in the swamps and eat the grass out there. And there's saltwater crocodiles that lay on this edge and they attack the buffalo, right? They eat the buffalo. They, they prey on the weak and the calves and the young ones. So we're walking this edge and we, you know, sunning themselves was a big saltwater crocodile. And I'm like, man, that's really cool. I said, if we come back here tomorrow, I want to set a trail cam. I want to set my reconics camera up and I want to get some footage of this mm-hmm. croc and I want to get them eating something. So the next day we come back and uh, we chain a, uh, a buffalo leg right off of one of the Ooh. buffaloes that were harvested. And we put the camera up and we come back the next day and nothing's eating it. I'm like, oh, man, I really would like to get some uh, some trail camera footage of this, some video footage. And uh, so uh, the guide said, well, what we should do is we should take a, a wallaby and, you know, kind of chum the water up. So what I didn't know is my producer was betting, was betting that the guide that I would go and drag the wallaby through the water. How deep and was the, the water? The, the guy's like, there's no way. Nobody would walk out into dark, murky, black water with a croc in it with an eviscerated wallaby. So 
that yes, it made the, it made the show, and it is true. So we eviscerated it. I, I went up to my waist oh, and God. like oh, jump no, in no. the water, and, and oh, the water starts. I mean, it like starts to boil, and you know everyone's yelling, "Get out! Get out! Get out!" So that, that was. <laughs> you you do know what moment. that's called, right? <laughs> What's that? Uh, Darwinism. <laughs> yeah, <it's>, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man, no, man. but uh, but oh, I, I will tell you that the trick worked, and uh, we got some incredible reconics footage. <laughs> wow. What about what about uh, just hairy situations with the the mother nature itself? Like you got stuck in a snowstorm, or couldn't get yeah. out of the valley, or something. Anything like that uh, happened? Man. I tell you what, I remember a mountain goat hunt years ago on uh, uh, out of Cordova, Alaska, right? And this is we're actually at the, at the headwaters of the of the Columbia Glacier, which then uh, emptied into where the Valdez went down. Okay, kind of give everyone this visual perspective. So we had to hike across the glacier, and I mean, we're, we're talking guys crampons and ice axe axes. Oh. I mean, we're talking like serious mountaineering, and and we and we climb 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 right and we're soaking wet we had to like i said go through the the raging water you know spilling out from under the glacier we get to the top of the mountain and there's this small ledge and we we put our tent up it's pouring rain down foggy i mean like your pea soup foggy you couldn't see the hand in front of you so um we put the we put the tent up and uh the guide says come here and he and he pulls out a piece of parachute cord stretches his arms cuts it and ties it to the end of the tent and puts a little carabiner on it. And I'm like, well, what's that for? He said, when you leave the tent to go to the bathroom, you click this to your belt. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, well, why would I do that? He said, because if you go beyond this, you fall 2000 feet. To oh your my death. God. <laughs> Sounds like Mount and, Everest. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, well it's, 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 it's crazy, but it was so foggy we, we got fogged in guys for four days we did not leave that tent wow holy cow so you're wet you're cold you're miserable and for four days literally other than just going out you know going to the bathroom and coming back in i mean and the tents are small it's a backpack tent so i'm in there with my cameraman and we would like have to choreograph turning so we weren't facing <laughs> oh my gosh oh <laughs> uh, what's about so, like, what's like coldest weather you've been in during a hunt um, negative 60, 60 below oh. zero straight guys. That's straight temperature, not wind chill. Wow. Mm. Where yep. was it? Yeah. I was, uh, I was up in, uh, the Arctic hunting muskox. Oh, so we got caught probably, in, yeah. on, a, on a legit whiteout where Jeez. you walk out, you know, you walk out of your tent, which by the way, the tent is, is like a canvas wall tent with no floor. Jeez. So what they do is they put the wall tent up. Then they cut a trench out right right as you you come in the tent, and then they put caribou hides down. Ah, so that way you, you can sit on the caribou hides, put your feet in the trench, and still be in still be inside. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, I mean, it's funny we you know when we flew out, um, we got to the airport it was twenty below, and we're walking around in short sleeves. <sighs> Because you had a forty degree temperature change, twenty wow. below felt warm. Insane. Felt <laughs> warm. That's insane. That's insane. All right, Greg. Well, hey man, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, Greg Ritz on the show. Um, check out Huntmasters on Outdoor Channel. And uh, anything else, Greg? You want to throw in there? No, guys. Hey, I appreciate it. Just hey, everybody, remember 
Try to take your kids hunting, a friend hunting, participate in the outdoors. This is a heritage and a legacy of what we do. Don't take it for granted and make sure you pass it on. Yep, Amen. that's awesome. what it's about. Thanks a lot, Greg. Thank you. Thanks, okay. man. Thanks. We'll take see care. Guys. Take care. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.